What happened next was my consciousness catapulted out of my body. I lost the research assistant, I lost the clinic, I lost Prague, I lost the planet. I had the feeling that my consciousness had no boundaries anymore and I had become the totality of existence. A little later, I returned to the physical universe, but in some strange way, I did not just see it. I had actually become the universe. Then the research assistant turned off the strobe and my consciousness shrank again. I connected with the planet, I found Prague, I found the clinic, and I found my body. Although for quite a while my body and consciousness were separate, and I had difficulty aligning them, bringing them together. It became clear to me that consciousness is not a product of the neurophysiological process in the brain, as I had been taught at the university, but something much higher, possibly superordinate to matter. The idea that consciousness somehow mysteriously emerges from matter didn't make sense to me anymore. It was easier to imagine that consciousness could create an experience of the material universe by an infinitely complex orchestration. I was suddenly in the realm of the Eastern philosophies where consciousness is a primary attribute of existence and cannot be reduced to anything else. A strange feeling indeed. Hello and welcome. I'm Douglas Bowles, and this is 42 Minutes, a podcast about meaning from SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's February 27th, 2023, and that means that we're less than a month away from Tree Fort again. Now it's time to bring in the experts. Tree Fort Music Fest is a five-day music and culture festival held at numerous venues throughout beautiful downtown Boise, Idaho, as well as Julia Davis Park now being the new location of the main stage, March 22nd through the 26th, featuring such performers as Unknown Mortal Orchestra, Margot Price, Cautious Clay, Andy DeFranco, Dinosaur Jr., Lady Ray, Old 97s, Tig Notaro, Pinback, Built to Spill, and many, many more. Information and tickets can be found at treefortmusicfest.com. As our look back at last season and our preview of this season, we're connecting with our friends at Radio Boise again, this time with feeling, a strange feeling, which naturally means Haunted Radio, every Monday from noon to three. Radio Boise's equivalent of must-see TV. Brian Rushton brings you the deepest cuts from the darkest voids and the smokiest dance halls from the 20s and 30s and other dimensions, too. He's a, a tree fort pal of mine and an art opening pal also, and we're very pleased and honored to be hosting Rushton tonight. How are you doing, Brian? Uh, a lot better after that introduction. Thanks, Doug. You're welcome. Um, excellent. So the last time we spoke, I was bad-mouthing the man who fell to earth and the Lazarus <laughs> stage play. And I just want to say that I think I didn't understand them. And I think uh, with the right frame of mind and context, they're both pretty good pieces of art. Did you have to, you know, use something to get in that right frame of mind? Or was it just a, a in consciousness. <laughs> um, for the movie, I didn't understand it when I watched it, and it just seemed weird. But having read the book before gave it a lot more perspective. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I get what the, the filmmaker was doing. And also, it's really a 70s movie. I mean, it feels so 1970s with the nudity and everything. Yeah. Well, the movie kind of has gave me the feel of, like, just being in a two-hour cold sweat, you know, it really was like a fever dream. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, at that same time, I learned about the David Bowie food pyramid, which apparently is red bell peppers, whole milk, and cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he was living on when he made that movie. I have two of those three, but I, I won't tell you. I won't tell you which ones they are. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Um, well, I mean, I'm having you on because I want to think about the upcoming tree fort and pick your brain a little bit. But I want to know before we start, um, did you go to Flipside Fest? I did not. I missed the inaugural Flipside Fest. Just the stars weren't aligning for me on that one. So no, I'm I'm afraid I have nothing to report. I can I can give you secondary and tertiary <laughs> hand accounts, but none none from me. What did what did what did you hear about it? Anything? The general impression that I got from everyone that I spoke to said it, it reminded them a lot of the first year of Tree Ford. Yeah. When you know it was had like this kind of ragtag uh, feel to it. Um, it felt really close and communal. I mean, Tree Ford does anyway, but it's just, you know, it's grown so much. And so uh, I was just hearing about, you know, you just kind of show up at a stage and there'd be 50 other people and you'd know 30 of them or more. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, that it felt had a real kind of Boise family feel to it. Boise music family field. Yeah, that was my impression. And similarly, um, like parking was weird. And like you're going to places that you don't like. It's like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do with my car in Garden City? Yeah, you're you're on the fr you're in the frontier there, so it's a little different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I have a secret parking spot there though, so that's that's good. Yeah. Mobile, but won't say anymore. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't. What is your recollection of last year's tree fort? And I'm all of a sudden, as I say that, I'm totally drawing a blank. Um, uh, seeing you, that was a highlight of last year. We had cokes on the street. I think. You did you bought me a coke? <laughs> you didn't buy a world of coke, but you bought Brian a coke. <laughs> And that made his world feel all right. Uh, yeah, I had a really great time last spring. Uh, it was, you know, I felt that there was all this pent up energy from, you know, having three, four, having been canceled, uh, you know, during 2020 and 2021. And there was just this, yeah, pent up excitement. Uh, I felt it not just from everyone attending, but from the bands, there was just sort of this uh, gratitude to be able to like, you know, these people to be able to like share their art, uh, share their music with a live audience again. And, you know, that, the bands fed off the crowds. The crowds fed off the bands. The weather was beautiful. It was it was one of the better tree forts I'd ever been to. Did you make it into the Masonic Hall? It did. Uh, yeah, and I you know I didn't need the assistance of hallucinogenics to kind of get that same feel. The way the lights were, you know, everything was the walls were dripping. It was. Like, <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, the way the, the way the lights, uh, uh, sort of played on the wall while the bands performed, it was, you know, it was like, yeah, part music, part, uh, Pink Floyd laser show, you know I mean? Just, you know, where you're having like all kinds of senses activated and smells too. I was, you know. Close quarters up there. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy to have gone in there. That was a pretty interesting building. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the the band Wend, who were from Boise, I thought they were they were a highlight for me in there. And um, man, I'm trying to remember a distant family, another local band. Uh, I saw maybe like four or five shows in there, but those are the two that stand out right now well now that i'm talking to you i think i'm re remembering that nubia garcia the jazz saxophonist played at the uh shrine and that she was did. 
a, like a super transcendent moment for me where the whole world just drops off and it's just um, me and the music. Yeah, it's 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 really uh, a special thing that you know a large scale festival like Tree Fort affords those kind of uh, moments. You don't often get that at these these large festivals. You know, you're you're fighting the crowds. You're trying not to get beer spilled all over you. Um, so the fact that you can go to a show and and kind of really connect with what the mu musician is doing it's uh in a festival environment it's pretty special yeah now i want to i want to look at that poster and see what i'm forgetting <laughs> here oh yeah kim gordon was last year i think she was yeah and that was she was very loud was <laughs> yeah i did think she was on the main stage was, yeah yeah of course if you want to talk loud there was the uh, the the performance from the OCs who Aaron could hear clearly from two miles away <laughs> <laughs> uh, playing you know, yeah they might as well have been right here in the East End because I mean that was so loud I remember going into the main stage and just it was like a Marty McFly and Back to the Future when he plugs into Doc Brown's amplifier and blows himself across the room. That that was what the EOCs was like. Very loud. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. I th I have a memory of um oh shoot, the George Clinton was very very loud too. Like too loud. I needed oh, to really? kind of yeah leave the space wow. yeah it was very loud hey he's bringing the funk you know yeah <laughs> now so did i also bump into you at the egyptian for deaf heaven is that Death was heaven that, is that you i mean i was there yeah it may have been me okay <laughs> it was some doppelganger i he's gotta he's gotta go i can't deal with that there's only one of me uh yeah it was probably me i remember sitting up at the balcony for that show and i like i like the balcony for the egyptian shows the sound carries towards the back and get full room resonance and then you can see everyone on the floor you know going nuts and uh i don't have to be in the melee yeah uh, they were great speaking of the melee one of my highlights last year was um watching a bluegrass band on the city bus, but people just kept getting on and no yeah. one would get off. And so it would go to a stop, more people would get on. And this bus was so filled with people <laughs> <laughs> and the bluegrass band was so good. And it just, it's like, we're never going to get on this bus. And we rode around the loop in downtown Boise about two or three times. <laughs> yeah. Who knew? I mean, usually, yeah, you hear someone playing music on a bus and you're like, Screaming at the bus driver, like, let me out! <laughs> right. <So. laughs> nice to have the opposite experience. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't remember the weather last year, but I think it, it was, was gorgeous. All, every day it was it was warm. Um thanks, climate change. Yeah, it was just <laughs> like a really warm a warm week weekend in, in March. Uh, I remember seeing a few shows at the uh, at Kin, and all their all those shows were outdoors on the hillside. Yeah, and and just being able to sit outside in the evening air and feeling comfortable in a light jacket, it was yeah, it was great. Yeah, well let's let's talk about venues then. I I saw some shows at Kin last year, but I know this year is kind of a shakeup in that. The center of gravity seemingly will, will shift. Um, right. I, I think all the same venues are in play, but with the main stage at Julia Davis Park now, um, the buses are going to be more imperative as you move about the festival. Have you have you looked into this much yet, or what are your thoughts? I, you know, I wish I could be some sort of prognosticator here and, and tell you how it's all going to play out, but. I can't, and I, you know, 
I don't even know that the organizers can really say how it's going to play out with, um, you know, with the, the, the spread of the festival. Um, I don't know if people are going to go to the park and then find themselves like, well, we're here, might as well stay. Uh, Which might you know. relieve some of the congestion at some of the other venues, potentially. It could. Yeah, it could. So, I mean, I there there could be upsides to it. Uh, I know I, that I my understanding is there's going to be more buses and more bus stops, and so it should be okay. easier to move about the festival. And then the other thing that's a curiosity to me are the the venues that are closest to the park that might be walking distance. So there's the new Tree Fort Music Hall. Uh, I think it'll be not fully open, but it'll be open for the festival. Yeah. Which will be interesting, too. Yeah, and I could see a fair amount of, um, yeah, that getting a lot of traffic there. Uh, I think, yeah, the, the one thing that I wonder about is um, how walkable the festival has always been over the last, you know, 10 years. And... And them throwing uh, transportation into this, you know, like a more of a commute. Yeah. Uh, it, it it does make me wonder um, what the the overall uh, vibe and tenor of the festival will take. But you know, I understand it. I guess uh, Boise is in the midst of more progress. So I mean, if they're you know the site's just not available for the that. Yeah. The main stage has always been so. It was a pretty weird main stage. I mean, when you. I loved it. I, I, I did a, too. But a when parking you, lot? Right. <laughs> and, and it's not like the perfect parking lot either because there's. No. <laughs> it was all crack and weeds are cracked and weeds coming well, through and. You know, I I think you know like their power lines or like you know, posts kind of, you know, it's not a perfect parking lot. Is no is the thing. No, that was that was what I found like really charming about it, is it just kind of had like this. Oh look, Boise's trying. <laughs> <laughs> How often would you make it to the Shredder? Because that was one of the like the distant yeah. venues. Um, yeah. not, or is not that too not your, often. yeah no i mean that was fun they would they would book bands there were bands would be there that um were my purview that i was into uh i would go a few times but i i tended to stay you know north of front street more often and and so yeah maybe maybe i'm not the right person to to say about what I think about the main stage being in Julia Davis Park. Maybe I just don't have like a a good sense of ima imagination or, you know, uh, people wanting to like, uh, wanted to take that leap, that actual physical leap to get across Front and Myrtle Street to go to, <laughs> go to the main stage. And I know people will be there, no doubt about that. Uh, I just... I just don't know how how the break of the the flow of like that central core, that central downtown core being broken up, how that will affect the the atmosphere. Well, I think so. The people that love like hanging out at the Neuralux, they're probably not going to change. Like that'll still be the like the central pivot in their orbit. You know, like they'll go to the Neuralux, the Olympic, and the Shrine, and maybe the bus station apparently is a venue too. And I'm curious about it. You know, 339 North 12th Street. I mean, it'll be right in that same area, I think. So. Yeah, again, these are all question marks. And like I said, I, you know, I bet the organizers, they're, Kind of waiting with bated breath to see how it all how it all shakes out but um as much as i love that parking lot i'm still <laughs> you know i'm 
still happy for him that like there's going to be a place for a main stage and you know it is in the park with actual you know tree grass. cover and right grass to sit down on uh-huh. so <laughs> what and the other so like as you as i look at this map i wonder if at some point like i don't know the boise art museum the idaho state museum they are going to just have to get on board, I would guess, you know, and like, I don't know if they're part of this or not, but like, that could be really interesting. So it seems like it's a new chapter and I'm excited to explore this. Um, the other interesting thing to me might be the, the idea that if only one quarter of the park is wristband and the rest is, you know, anyone can come and hang out that, that, that could be, you know, a nice way to involve members of the community that um, were, you know, tree for it. What is this thing? You know, sure, yeah. But, yeah, but you know, yeah, food trucks and grass. You know, if it's a nice day, it could be great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, what about the lineup? Have you, yeah, what about it? Um, Jane Weaver from England, she's coming. I've been a fan of her music for quite some time. Uh, her early music is kind of like more folk, folk-centric. And her sound is like really expanded to, has kind of a spacey quality to it. Um, you know, she's drawn a lot of influence from German bands like Can and Norway, and there's just this, um, there's a lot more rhythm and motion to her music than, uh, than it previously had. Uh, but she has like a really haunting, beautiful singing voice. And so to have that paired with this repulsive music, I'm excited to see her. Cool. Yeah, I. This is news to me. Um, so she plays Saturday, the twenty fifth, at ten ten at the Neurolux. Any others jumping out at you? Oh, rolling through. I mean, there's so many. <laughs> um, let's see what's else jumping out. So sometimes, like, I'm always interested in, like, they try to program these as kind of like a bill, you know, with things that play nice together. Sure. And so, yeah, now I want to see what's going on at the Neurolux. Just to see if that might be, like, I, I don't know. Sometimes it seems like you end up... One of the complaints I've heard about like the shrine as a venue is that um, like if sometimes the line is such that if you want to get in there, if you don't have a zip line pass, you need to get in on the the uh, the band before. Right. Well, it was like you said, you know, earlier, you know, maybe the main stage being so far away, maybe that'll solve some of these bottlenecks and these problems by bifurcating where the three four you know attendees are but i I suppose like the main like one of the main things is as the main stage shuts down and then that whole massive audience moves oh, across yeah, yeah <laughs> <That's>, there's that <laughs> yeah. yeah uh i'm also excited about an artist named caitlin aurelia smith she uh she makes a lot of her music with modular synthesizer uh has sort of a new new age feel to it um largely instrumental i think she does some vocals i don't know what she's going to be doing for her tree fort set and it looks like she's going to be playing at that new tree fort hall so an artist I've never seen before at a venue I've never been to before well no no one's been to before so uh, I'm excited about that. Um, also excited about a group called 700 Bliss. It's um, a duo with uh, this 
musician more mother who does kind of i don't know kind of like experimental jazz uh her music is like that typically but uh in this duo configuration with dj haram it's taking her weirdness with jazz and experimental music and welding it with electronic music so uh it ought to be pretty heady i'm interested to see how that goes down and that looks like that's happening at the neurolux on thursday night now i'm gonna have to stay up until 11 20 p.m <laughs> <that to happen. laughs> <So>. <laughs> do you train for a tree fort <laughs> no <laughs> and i last year I don't know what was happening. Maybe it was again, just like that pent up energy from like two years of not having this. But I amazed myself by staying out till close every night. I closed it down every night last year, which I'd never done before. I kind of gotten into a routine of not even going out until like the <laughs> third day of the festival. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't even know how I would train. I don't even know that I would want to train. I don't like the idea of like <laughs> making myself stay up at two a.m. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't just... know. I think yeah, it maybe that was a few years ago that I really pushed myself, and now it's like when it's time to go home, it's probably time to go home. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. It's interesting. Every year I always think, well, I wonder, you know, I wonder what this lineup is all about. And then um, inevitably at the end of it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this was the uh, the best lineup ever. I can't believe I missed X, Y and Z. Like, right. did you see Thundercat when he played at Tree Fort? Is that does he is someone that you know about? Yeah, I've, I've seen him. I've don't think I saw him at Tree Fort. It must have been some prior show he played in Boise. I know I've seen him, and it was awesome. It was incredible. Just the, um, you know, he has like that technicality with his bass playing, but he has a lot of feel to it. Yeah, uh, it's not just it's not just show. I mean, he writes really interesting music, and so it's it's not like he's putting on a bass clinic. It's <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of energy to what he does. A lot of, a lot of craft. Uh, yeah, he's great. I, I don't know what happened, why I missed him at three or four, but I know I, I've seen him before. I want to say that he played at like Hannah's or someplace down on that end of town. Yeah, it wasn't that. I may have, I think I feel like I did see him at Knitting Factory. It just wasn't a, it, yeah, it just wasn't tree board. It was just like a, you know, he was on tour. Uh, that that makes me wonder. Is that is that one of the venues this year? Oof, not sure. I don't know. Let me. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Interesting. I want to guess yes, but I want to guess yes too, just because it's a it's a big space and they like to be involved with it. But yeah, they've. They've been a partner for many years, so yeah, it seems likely. <laughs> All right, let's just look at these venue names. Ken will be hosting shows, El Cora Shrine, Egyptian Theater. Oh, I wanted to say that this year it looks like Tig Nataro is the hot ticket, so... She is a comedian, and she has she. They just added a second show, so. Um, oh wow. She performs at eight p.m. and then she's gonna do it again at ten thirty. So that's that's something. Um, it's always interesting. There was a there was a writer who came, and he was a pretty hot ticket too. His name was Tommy Orange, and he had like a a really big book when he was here. And it's always so interesting to think, um, you know, if you're going to take a two-hour chunk 
out of your music fest and go and sit in the Egyptian to do something like that. I think the older I get, you know, the more I say, yeah, maybe that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just got back from a, a music events uh, a week or so ago that took place in a seated theater. I'm not going to lie, that was a it was a uh, a large part in me deciding to go. I was like, oh, six hours of sitting, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> So the Knitting Factory is a venue, and um, yes, I got it. Huh. Old ninety-seven. So it seems like the the ones I, the ones that I know are more of the nostalgia picks sometimes. Yeah. So I don't think I listen to Pinback, but I I recognize their music. I listened. I Old ninety sevens had a big song in like two thousand or two thousand and one, and I had one of their albums. So like, or Ani DeFranco, of course, is a really big name for people my age. It's funny that, you know, these, these artists, you know, they, they kind of had their peak in the nineties or early aughts. And yet they never, they never quit. They never tossed it in. They just kept grinding away and, you know, uh, you know, they sloughed off a number of Fairweather fans, but they have their they have their core fans that are just like so devoted to them. And um, that, yeah, here they are 20 years removed from their commercial peak and, and still come to a large festival like tree Ford and, and uh, well, yeah. so I can really respect that, you know, like the idea of this is what I do, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, it's not necessarily, chasing the fame but just like you're saying grinding away so instead of it being yeah. like this a is hustle their crap. I, this is, yeah. yeah they're making art on their terms sure yeah well we need to think about how you make art on your terms with um <laughs> strange feeling uh so i think i read a little interview with you and you were saying the inspiration, this was a long time ago, and maybe you made it up, but maybe not. <laughs> that <laughs> you would stay with, the, with <laughs> You stayed on the canyon of the Snake River, and they were playing all these old records, old scratchy records, and there was white noise from the water of the river below. And those were the main ins inspirations for, you know, the kind of things that you like to listen to. Oh, well, so what it was... So my grandparents, they they had a home that was right on perched right on the edge of the Snake River Canyon, and five hundred feet below, I could hear the there were these this waterfall that was down there, Auger Falls, and, and the water was just constantly churning and roaring, and when I would go over to my grandparents and stay and especially like in the summertime and I would sleep with the window open, uh, I would just hear that roar, that churn of the water. And it was like white noise. And what also the other sound that was happening was the wind chimes that they had. And then being on the Canyon edge, like the wind was constantly blowing. And so, <laughs> I would hear the chimes, which were in like some, I mean, it sounded like they were like in a, a minor key of some sort. They just kind of had like this, this sad quality to like the way they rang. And so, uh, yeah, we get lulled to sleep by wind chimes and, and a waterfall fall 500 feet below my bedroom window. So, and yeah, that always stuck with me. That was, um, yeah, those were sounds that, you know, did kind of inspire me and inform me and like the, the kinds of uh, tastes that I have and, the, and sounds that I'm drawn to, drawn towards. So I have a conspiracy theory. When did Strange Feeling begin? 
You have a conspiracy theory about this? Potentially. All right. Uh, I started the year Radio Boise went on the airwaves. It was 2011. Okay. Excellent. So I know that one of the vibes that I always get from your show is kind of like that. Um, it's the summer party at The Shining, you know, the uh, <laughs> 1921 right. Right. Mo- moonlight stars and you kind of. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that I get. But um, uh, the interesting thing is, did you watch the third season of Twin Peaks? Have you ever watched any Twin Peaks? All of it. Okay. Because that room where the giant lives or that castle in the Purple Sea or whatever is going on there, um, the slow 30s room music sounds like it came from your show but this is coming i think so david lynch lived in boise did you know that i did know that yes do you think he listens to strange feeling (laughs) he has any taste yeah i think i think he stole your vibe man he's like so (laughs) i think he got it all from me have you ever yeah, played? I, I mean, I certainly, rooms? I certainly wasn't watching that show as a, as a, ten-year-old boy just being, <laughs> you know, completely transfixed and uh, terrified. <laughs> <laughs> but so, have you ever played slow, slow thirties room from the uh, the third season on your show? Maybe I know when the soundtrack to that third season came out, I was playing a fair amount from that soundtrack on Strange Feeling. Okay, because uh, it I, may, but it might almost be like it's like the idea of Strange Feeling, um, but not authentic necessarily. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're finding <laughs> <laughs> that's this kind of you to say. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Lynch was a huge inspiration for me. Like his his craft. Well, and Angelo Badalamenti, you know his, uh, you know the composer. His, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, that that music is so affecting and has been to me since I was well since I heard it the first time in nineteen eighty nine or ninety. Well, you were on the air today. I was. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And I wanted to ask, so you said you went to a six-hour performance? Oh, yeah. I went to a, I went to a concert event. Uh, it was held over two days. Uh, and it was six hours each day. Wow. There were five, there were five bands. Okay. It was, it was, they were... They, they were just bands. I don't mean to make it sound like it was some sort of like weird, mysterious, need a secret yeah. passcode, you know, <laughs> uh, a, a little person's there in a crushed velvet suit, you know, right. doing a dance. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, no, no Black Lodge. Okay. But it was seated and it was magnificent. <laughs> so, how, like, where. How do you consume music? That's the question. So that you do find the things that you find. So like today you're playing the the leftovers from your Valentine's Day show, the Broken Heart songs. Yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> Is this what you listen to around the house? Or do you I, like... I, I try not that's to the other thing. Do yeah. you create a, a playlist? Is this a digital thing that you're creating? Are you doing a lot of this live? Are you spinning records slow? So the show, the show is, um, it's all crafted beforehand. Uh, I have, I've done my show on the fly before. Where what am I going to play next? And I've I've taken that tack, and. And, and, you know, there's something to be said about that, that sort of improvisational uh, approach to, you know, playing music live, you know, you know, a little bit of like high wire act, what's going to happen. Right. And 
I, it gave me too much of like of a panic attack. And I just, I could not, I couldn't, I, I couldn't enjoy it. Um, you know, I was just spending that whole three hours, uh, <laughs> like white knuckling. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to, I just want to sit in the passenger seat too. I want to enjoy right. it. <laughs> so everything's crafted beforehand. And, and that serves a couple purposes. One, I'm able to like, you know, be more of an active uh, listener and not worry about keeping, you know, the car from going off the road. And by crafting it beforehand, I can work better on sequencing. Uh, that's something that's really important to me is making sure that each song connects to the one that follows in a meaningful mm -hmm. way, whether through a lyrical theme or usually a sonic theme. I like to uh, try to draw out um, sonic similarities from things uh, from like disparate genres that you wouldn't expect. Like, what was it today? If you'll allow me a moment while I pull up what I played on today's program. Um, and, and yeah, usually it's, usually it's, I do this digitally uh, with uh, some mix of physical media. Um, but it's, it's nice when I can just uh, have most of the show in a file where I can just let it go. I've done the work beforehand and now it's just time to like, here's the presentation. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. So I was a wedding DJ for a very short period of time and I needed chunks of dance. Like here's, if this chunk is not working, I can move, <clears throat> but it's not one song. So I'm not white knuckling from song to song. It's like, yeah. all right, here's like a disco block, you know, like here's a funk block. Yeah. Here's right. Madonna Prince and uh, <laughs> Michael Jackson block. <laughs> right. And uh, I, I try to craft these things so that they um, just kind of flow from one thing to another. Yeah, without really any regard to genre. So today I played a song from a a guy, Robert Maxwell, who made these sort of easy listening records in the 50s and 60s. And there was this instrumental I played called Tears, which then led into a song from ZZ Top. <laughs> but it was an instrumental song from ZZ Top which then led into, oh, speaking of Twin Peaks, uh, Jimmy Scott, who had a song on the yeah. you know, uh, Twin Peaks soundtrack, the Sycamore Trees, I believe is the name of the song. Um, and just such a haunting voice. He had to be like one of my favorite singers of all time. Uh, anyway, from ZZ Top into Jimmy Scott. And so it's those kind of things that, that keep, me, um, keep me engaged me interested and in, in wanting to like push the show forward or trying to find like these unique sonic threads do you work on it a little over the course of the whole week or do you have to like is it more fun for you to just sit down and prepare for the show at the same time every week for a certain period of time uh it's better for me if i chip away at it a little bit each week uh, I try to just keep my ear to the ground. You you asked, you know, how do I find these things? I this is gonna sound pretty hokey, but I I truly mean it when I say I, I try to let these things find me, and let the songs kind of guide, you know, how it's gonna go. I don't really sit down each week with a, you know, with a plan of this is what's going to happen on Monday, next Monday. It just, um, I, I try to stay flexible, malleable and, um, you know, and just, yeah, try to 
keep my ear sensitive to what I'm hearing through the week. I try to listen to people uh, that I encounter who are excited about music that maybe I'm not familiar with. I mean, our, our friends and peers are often be like our greatest resource when it comes to finding new music as much as, you know, the algorithms want to take that away. Um, you know, the excitement really comes from finding out about music from uh, a real person. So I, I listen to, uh, yeah, I listen to what other people are enthusiastic about. Um, and, you know, working in a music store, I'm just surrounded by it all day. So things are always coming at me. And uh, yeah, uh, those, are, guess, those are. I forgot that's your job, I yeah, guess. Yeah, there's, there's that. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, um, at the end of the day, there's actually not a lot of music that gets played at home. <laughs> right. It's like, shut up. Yeah. Uh, the station definitely has um uh what is it? Uh, an archive of how many shows a couple or more than a couple that well every every show on the station is archived for two weeks okay um unfortunately there, there's i think there's supposedly like fcc guidelines about being able right. to archive shows further back having to do with music licensing i i don't know how all that works but Right. Um, but every show is archived for two weeks on Radio Boise's website. Well, I was thinking more in terms of like greatest hits, like the shows where you really nailed it. Do you have... Oh. Like, can you think like Monday on 2015 in uh, <laughs> June, that was the best show I ever did? Or is every week a, a, new, a new creation and... Yeah, you know, I feel like a lot of times I come home and I feel like <laughs> each each week was better than the one before. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that sounds so arrogant, but there's a Well, it would be nice if like from a because it has such a vibe to like say this is the quintessential strange feeling set. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like if you could archive it someplace else but they're gone forever huh yeah it's it's they're gone i mean that's that's the that's the thing about live radio you know and what makes it so magical is um you got to just be there for it and experience it in the moment and i know i say i mean you know I, it's something that i crafted beforehand so maybe there's like a slight bit of artificiality to it if I want to get down on myself in the fact that like it's all set beforehand like i baked the cake and now i'm bringing it here i'm not baking the cake in front of you but you know it's still cake you got to enjoy but you're it. you're there presenting the cake too i'm presenting the That's cake Right, and, that's all live. And you got to right? eat it then, or it's going to go stale, and or that's going to well, just eat. You don't get it. So right. Well, that was forty-two minutes. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Thank you, Doug. Really appreciate you having me. Well, it was it was a lot of fun. Thank you. You've been listening to Brian Rushton on forty-two minutes. More information about his show, Strange Feeling, can be found at radiovoice.org to which we'll link and there's two weeks of archives there to listen to or on air in the Treasure Valley Monday from noon to 3 at 89.9 on your FM dial or 93.5 in downtown Boise for more information about Treefort Music Fest and to purchase tickets visit treefortmusicfest.com if you like this podcast check out others as currently all of the SyncBook radio archives are free we also feature a great search in... Uh, I, all of a sudden, I am having this panic attack that I didn't push record. <laughs> we also feature a great search engine to help you find what you need. Just type Treefort, and over 10 years of shows will appear. All this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com. Thanks so much, and... Uh, oh, shoot. Let's... It is recording. Okay, good.
Uh, <laughs> I am not doing this over. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, and listen to the sounds. We live inside a dream. Thank you.